Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of your favorite podcast, Hashtag No Filter, the podcast that helps you understand the link between social media and your mental health. I'm your host, Austin. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about social media impact during the pandemic. We're going to be looking at the both positive and negative impact of social media in these challenging times, how it helps us connect with our loved ones and spread some fake news and misinformation. Also, today we have invited special guests who have been studying the impact of social media during COVID-19. So stay tuned. Let's talk about the impact of social media first. This crisis highlights social media particular strengths and how people can be used for the second type of purpose, community and emotional support. Like we have seen with other crises, such as the earthquake and falling tsunami that caused a nuclear disaster in Japan in 2011. Today, we see that people worldwide reach out to each other close by and far away through social media to make sense of what is happening. I'm thinking of many funny videos about how people creatively deal with the lockdown. Also, neighborhood Facebook groups that organize entertainment and particular support to help neighbors who need assistance with grocery shopping or childcare. And the quick rise of apps and functionalities that allow for live chats and video sections with multiple people. This is social media in its core and at its best. But there's another side of social media, and that is misinformation and fake news. This is where we need to warn for the dark side of social media and its role in spreading fake news. Platforms have been shown acknowledging their responsibility in helping platform users distinguish fake news from facts, but they are taking steps in the right direction. For example, Instagram announces only COVID-19 related posts and stories in the recommendation section that official health organizations publish. In general, my advice is to cross-track information that you get through social media with at least two other information sources such as government websites and high-quality news outlets. Besides, we all have a role to play by not spreading rumors through our social media accounts. Human beings need face-to-face contact to be mentally healthy. Nothing reduces stress and boosts your mood faster or more effectively than eye-to-eye contact with someone who cares about you. The more you prioritize social media interaction over in-person relationships, the more you are at risk for developing unexaggerating mood disorders such as anxiety and depression. We have all been in crisis during the pandemic. Bereavement, isolation, loss of income, and fear of triggering mental health condition or exacerbating existing one. Many people may be facing increased level of alcohol and drug use, insomnia, anxiety, and social media can further boost depression and anxiety by fake news and misinformation, which can ultimately lead to permanent mental health issues. When we talk about social media platforms, we're not referring only to online platforms where you can post pictures or video like Instagram and Twitter. Instant messaging tools like WhatsApp and Telegram also fall under this category as they contribute to the chaos of increasingly unstable mental welfare due to the spread of fake news. With instant messaging, anyone who has your phone number or email address these days can send you a broadcast message that looks so professionally written but contains false information. Seeing information that your other friends and colleagues also saw might make you easily believe what you read, especially when these friends of yours message you to ask if you have heard social latest news on the pandemic. It makes this false info so easily believable, though some people fall easily for the misinformation trap. It's just like clickbait or weight loss lies. It just seems so believable. In my opinion, the solution, especially in the pandemic, is to go online and check the official websites for the correct information, or verify the credibility of the source that the information that you're receiving comes from. The most annoying thing about the internet is that any site and non-licensed, non-medical, zero experience in the health industry or even a 10-year-old can create a blog and publish anything about the pandemic. For example, you can Google staying healthy during the COVID-19 and see too many contradicting opinions on the internet. 
Sign number one could advise you take lemon juice morning, afternoon, and night. Or sign number two would tell you to cut down on your acid intake. And guess what? Lemons are acid. So now you're stuck on who to take advice from. That's why it is really important to take advice from official and credible sites. Sites or pages on social media that have been around for the most extended periods almost always have credibility. The myriad of decisions and information flooding your brain can be daunting. My advice is to sometimes go on social media breaks. Now don't get me wrong, social media isn't completely bad for your mental health. I mean, I got a lot of movie recommendations from my friends to help me pass time during the quarantine. I also have fun recreating and watching popular TikTok videos. And because I know exactly where to get my information from, this tool helped me see the pandemic statistic. The Zoom meetings have been fun, the cat videos have been heartwarming, and YouTube has helped me learn how to cut my hair since the barbershops were closed for a while. When it comes to using social media during a pandemic, and you're someone like me who guards his mental welfare like it's a fragile piece of flower, well, I will tell you to be careful and use your Facebook, Twitter at your discretion. Finally, it's time for the interview session. Today, we have invited an expert in the field, Dr. Zahid Bud. Hello, Dr. Bud, and welcome to Hashtag No Filter. Thank you for joining us today. Could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Thank you, Austin. Thank you for having me. I'm an assistant professor in the School of Public Health and Health Systems at the University of Waterloo in Canada. I am a physician and infectious disease epidemiologist by training. Recently, you have done a scoping review on what social media has told us in the time of pandemic. Could you tell us more about it? For the scoping review, we wanted to understand the role that social media has had since the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis. In the review, we investigated public attitudes and perceptions towards COVID-19 on social media, information about COVID-19 on social media, use of social media for prediction and detection of COVID-19, the effects of COVID-19 on mental health, and government responses to COVID-19 on social media. So our aim for the review was to identify and analyze studies on social media that were related to COVID-19. In the review, we focused on five themes, uh, infodemics, public attitudes, mental health, detection or prediction of COVID-19 cases, government responses to the pandemic, and quality of health information in videos. Could you tell us about the difference between the scoping review and the traditional systematic review? A systematic review is undertaken to confirm or refute if current practice, whether it's medical practice or public health practice, is based on relevant evidence. It is also done to evaluate the quality of that evidence and to address any uncertainty in practice that may be occurring. A systematic review may also identify gaps or deficiencies or trends in the current evidence, and it can help inform future research in the area. According to the Cochrane Handbook, a systematic review uses explicit systematic methods that are selected with a view to minimizing bias, thus providing more reliable findings from which conclusions can be drawn and decisions made. The aim of a scoping review is slightly different from a systematic review. It is to identify and map the available evidence. It is conducted to determine the scope or coverage of a body of literature on a given topic and give clear indication of the volume of literature and studies 
available as well as an overview. Scoping reviews are useful for assessing emerging evidence when it is uh, still unclear. However, the purpose of a scoping review is not to produce a critically appraised and synthesized answer to a particular question. This purpose is more for a systematic review. For a scoping review, the objective is to provide an overview or map of the evidence. While in a scoping review, an evaluation of methodological limitations or risk of bias of the evidence included is not performed. We have discussed earlier about both positive and negative impact of social media during the pandemic. What could you add more to it? I think the important message here is that we can understand how people think and discuss about the pandemic on social media. So that includes both the positive and negative impacts of social media during the pandemic. If we have this information, it can help public health authorities to design its messaging on social media to make it more easily understandable to the general public and also dispel myths and misinformation regarding COVID-19. Could you tell us how did the panic spread through social media during the pandemic? Yes, so if on social media, you can see that there are uh, a lot of people who follow uh, social media trends and they also follow uh, social media influencers. So social media influencers are also uh, important in kind of defining the trends and sometimes they provide information or their thoughts about uh, certain topics. So if the general trend on social media is about panic and worry about the pandemic through social media postings, People who are on social media internalize the panic and reflect that in their own social media postings. So it's kind of like if you uh, put on social media that you're worried about pandemic. So it's kind of like your followers or other people who are in your network, they also see that that you're expressing worry or you are sad about something. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of contagious in a sense that you also tend to feel worried uh, about certain things. Uh, similarly, uh, if social media influencers convey a sense of panic or worry or doom about the pandemic, their followers would also reflect the same in their postings or kind of do similar postings based on what they have read in, uh, in the social uh, media influencers' tweet. Social media has been helpful during the pandemic because it allowed people to connect with friends and family. However, for some, this flow of news information has become a double-edged sword and has negatively impacted their lives during the pandemic. What are your thoughts on this? Does the constant exposure to fake news, misinformation, negatively impact on our mental well-being? Yes, definitely. Uh, In our review, we did find studies that showed an increase in mental health issues during the pandemic. And yes, constant exposure to fake or negative news would have an impact on uh, mental well-being, especially if uh, the the news that is out there or the postings that are out there is mostly about uh, you know negative consequences of the pandemic, uh, talking about more about deaths, or uh, talking about uh, more about harmful impacts of the uh, of the virus. 
How can we filter news and judge whether a piece of information is fake or not? I think the only way to do this is through uh, fact-checking. And by fact-checking, I mean that you have to go out there and see if the information is correct or not, or reliable or not. So the one way to do this is uh, to check if the information that is out there uh, with the reliable websites, such as uh, the Centers for Disease Control or uh, if you're in Canada, Health Canada website. So you can compare the information that is there on the pandemic or any of the interventions that are done to stop the pandemic. And then you can check with the with that with similar information that is there on these reliable websites so in a way you're you're actually checking whether the facts that are that are on social media are correct or not another negative aspects of social media and particularly tiktok is that it has created a feeling that we need to keep ourselves busy and productive a feeling that we should not waste this extra time that we have due to the pandemic and that we should use it up to pick up a new skill start a small business lose weight etc isn't this a toxic environment for those who already feel down because of this situation? In my opinion, it is always good to pick up a new skill or start a small business or lose weight, whether there is a pandemic or not. Uh, the rationale behind this is to create a positive attitude towards life, even if we are living in difficult and depressing times. The key here uh, is not to pressurize yourself into doing things that you don't like, which may add additional anxiety in your life. So, so it might create kind of like a toxic environment, especially if you're not, uh, if you don't like what you're doing or you have picked up certain, certain uh, hobby or certain things that you uh, didn't want to do. At times, when no other ways available to cure or manage COVID other than quarantine and social distancing, Social media has become a strong platform for spreading awareness and advocacy regarding public health issues. Do you think it's true? Yes. So social media has an increasingly important role to play in health education and the understanding of policy. For example, uh, to make people understand the impact that social distancing has on uh, on controlling the spread of the virus, you you can actually put in messaging on social media that can inform the uh, the general public in in simpler terms that doing this can actually stop the spread of the virus. So in that terms, you you have a huge audience that you can use through uh, social media regarding uh, public health messaging. Uh, and again, for COVID nineteen, social media can have a crucial role in disseminating health information information and tackling infodemics and misinformation so also like if there are uh, uh, conspiracy theories that are circulating out there you are able to address that by uh, putting the right information uh, using social media so that is another aspect of uh, social media that I, I would say that that needs to be used more to provide to uh, provide a safeguard against misinformation and myths. Uh, and in this regard, I would say that public health organizations and governments uh, need to, to be present and active on social media platforms in order to guard against misinformation. Lastly, what's your opinion of the big data and social media analytics in the future? In my opinion, it will become more important in the future 
uh, as compared to now because of the large volumes of uh, data that are available through social media, the internet, as well as publicly available data. So in terms of uh, uh, big data analytics, it would, I think in the future, it would be an essential skill that public health students and practitioners would need to learn in the future to tackle issues related to public health. Well, thank you so much for sharing your perspective on the show today. Thank you, Austin. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Dr. Butt. His work looking at how social media influenced the pandemic is extremely interesting especially as fake news becomes an increasingly difficult issue to tackle. Of course, the pandemic is still happening, and the struggle to fact-check information is always ongoing. Today, it's interesting to see how this all plays out in real time. Thanks for listening to Hashtag No Filter with your host, Austin. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For next episode, we're going to look at the future of social media. As always, feel free to search nofilterpodcast.wixsite.com slash podcast. And also, make sure to follow me on Instagram, no.filter-podcast. Thanks again, and I will see you next time.